When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only podcast that blocked Teddy Long before he blocked us. I'm your host, Ryan Nightseen. With me, as always, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing? I did not block Teddy Long. He blocked me, however, so that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing fine. We're here on a Sunday morning once again. Yes. Starting 15 minutes later than usual because of me. Eh, it's fine. But it's okay. It's literally because I just didn't want to stand up and walk to my computer. But it's fine. Um, there was a start of a showcase show this morning, so I understand that. There well, was it was a... at eleven. Started at eleven last night. So. Oh, they, well, you, they get out of here. Well, I guess that's... Yeah, I did. I just said I didn't want to get up. I I, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't come up with any excuses. I think that's uh, that's one one mo one minute into the podcast, and you and I are arguing. <laughs> ah, what are you talking about? Get yeah, out of here. But but I'm here. I'm present. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today, so I'm just gonna stop talking now. Well, there we go. Uh, I thank you for walking to the from your desk to your bed to your desk. This is what we should do. I there should be a. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do an episode where it's just you and I in bed, not together, but separate, separate beds, <laughs> <laughs> separate beds. Make that cl- make that abundantly clear. Uh, unless you know, unless Scotty wants to, in which case we can figure it out. That'll be, um, that'll be my review for some random show that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, it's I'll just, just bring my laptop over. I'll be laying in bed mm-hmm. and I'm like this. This is. This is this is what you get today. When we do the our NWA Hard Times Three review, <laughs> and then when I fall asleep halfway through, Ryan's just gonna be like, "All right, that's the show." I'll be like, "Tyrus, not a bad guy, right?" <laughs> You're like, "All right, that's oh, it." No. <laughs> uh, fuck Tyrus. Anyway, start on that today, please. No, I won't. Uh, fuck Tyrus. Um, yeah, no, uh, we got a pretty big show today. Um, pretty uh, significant stuff happening all over the world. AEW obviously had a great week with Grand Slam and Grand Slam Rampage. Impact Victory Road took place. Uh, plus, we got a little bit of previews, kind of, for New Japan Royal Quest. And, of course, the five-star Grand Prix final for Stardom. Before we get all to that, before we get to all of that, let us talk about the news that started cropping up this week in the world of professional 
Wrestling. So first off, top it all off, uh, WWE announced that, <laughs> this was actually, this is on Monday, so this is a while ago, WWE announced that uh, Survivor Series will be getting two... Holy shit, that was this week. <laughs> that was this week. When I was looking up news, I was like, oh yeah, this came out Monday. Oh my god. Survivor Series uh, will be having two War Games matches. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. War Games! Thank there. you, thank you. They have to find a new guy to do that, I guess. Um, uh, it was announced via The Ringer that uh, Triple H said that WWE is changing its approach for Survivor Series. Uh, instead of the traditional Raw versus SmackDown format, the War Games matches will be storyline driven. Uh, quote, we'll have a men and War Games matches match in a women's War Game match. The tradition of the Survivor Series have ebbed and flowed and changed slightly over time, but this will be similar to that. This will not be Raw versus SmackDown. It'll be much more storyline driven. I still look at it as a traditional component to Survivor Series in there because it's large teams of people competing. We just upped the ante a little bit with War Games and made it evolve. Oh, God. So, yes, War Games is on its way to Survivor Series this November. Uh, seemingly. The main roster for the first time ever. What's that? The main roster of WWE for the first time ever. That is correct. Making its way over from WCW to NXT to now graduating to the main roster. It, it, it developed enough. It could get, <laughs> it, it finally got promoted. It took, it took a number of years, you know, it's taken a long time it, for War you Games. You know, it went, it went the, uh, it went the Aaliyah route, okay? <laughs> <laughs> War Games, Need as some time. Good. Needed to work. As, War Games officially as good as Aaliyah. Got worse as they went, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yes, yeah, so it's coming this November. Supposedly, they didn't quite say it, but supposedly this is formally replacing the five-on-five elimination tags. Um, okay. Which, you know, it's fine. I think, for me personally, you know, we've kind of run that story into the ground a bit, especially the brand versus brand storyline. Um, you know, for the past couple of years, the first like two times were fun. Yeah, I think and the f- then the NXT one rejuvenated it. I agree, and then and then it it, it was just dead in the water. Yeah, and it, it's just that sort of thing. Also, it's like it also became not just that it was dead in the water after the NXT thing, but also around that time they did the draft right before, mm, which made yeah. just the logic of confusion of brand loyalty just really yeah. weird. Uh, yeah. but. <laughs> So now, seemingly, uh, we'll be replacing and fixing all that. Um, I still, we still draft has been moved around, so no one knows exactly when it's going to be happening. The, but at the very least, War Games is happening this November. The best SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series stuff was the first one that they did right after, like they moved rosters back to separation. Yeah, that was the best one. Um ever because i think that was yeah because that was when like aj and ambrose and like they were running smackdown you had kevin and jerica yeah it was good back then um but survivor series the name finally makes sense so that's awesome (laughs) finally there's a reason to survive um i'm excited i'm excited about war games i can see it live oh that's crazy oh yeah it's in boston this year it's right yeah i i saw the announcement i was like oh that's cool and i was like Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to be there. Um, I think, so, my main takeaway is that I think the main roster would be able to do a lot more with the War Games match itself mm-hmm. than NXT did. 
because it all it feels like the main rot well, one the main roster just has like oh yeah yeah, yeah. better wrestlers but like I feel like the storytelling would be more natural than just undisputed era every single time. If that makes sense. Like that's that's what it became after a while. Yeah. Um, and then they just tried to make it happen. Like at least right now, this first year, there are natural things going into it. Just if you pay attention to WWE TV, you know, there's a faction on both sides to really lead the way into those matches, right? You get the bloodline on one side mm-hmm. and then you have the uh, damage control on the other. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of who they face, but I think that's okay. Um, they could face each other. <laughs> we'll it'd, solve it. <laughs> be a really good match. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's something different. Something yeah. different for the main roster. Like Roman Reigns will be in war games probably. So mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah, I think it should be good. Um, I don't suspect unless he, unless he sends the uses in there. I well, it's probably going to be like you know. I'm guessing Sammy's been turned on by that. I don't know. I I was I was expecting Sammy in there. We do the classic five on five with Usos, nice. Roman, Solo, and Sammy, and then versus, random team. Uh, yeah, ran. That's the problem is that they have yeah. to build up a solid babyface team on both sides of both the damage mm-hmm. control thing and the bloodline thing. So, yeah. I mean, the good thing is if they want to. Now, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that they want to, but you can get a long term build of a feud for Roman out of it, mm-hmm. depending on like who's if, on that one yeah, side. If you want to do that step and then work it all the way to the Rumble, that would work. Yeah, but. Big or game, even, of yeah, that's actually not a bad idea because they would need it for probably what? I think Survivor Series is the last pay-per-view of the year. And then day, until day one. Yeah, then day one. Well, do they have another crown jewel? Or is this, no. This is no, the they one. have one crown jewel. They already did one this earlier. Yeah, so they have that Logan Paul match. They have the uh, Survivor Series, which presumably he'll be in. Then they have day one, and then Royal Rumble after that. So, but so presumably, just need two more challengers for Roman. Yeah. So that could work out. That's actually not a bad idea. Um, uh, speaking about find, you know, they also have to find a lot of people to, you know, on that babyface side. Maybe an idea they pitched one time is to uh, pick up other uh, people. So we got some more news from Fightful about some of the names that uh, WWE contacted in AEW uh, to try to quote unquote. Uh, allegedly poach top rope catch a vibe <laughs> so of course there is we already sort of know about malachi black um and now his contract is kind of over but seemingly he has a, a conditional release situation but we also fightful according to fightful select also the likes of ftr dax harwood and cash wheeler along with swerve strickland were also contacted um they also said that uh, besides those, I guess, four people, WB also reportedly reached out to another unnamed top AEW talent in August. The name had supposedly, quote, been with the company since the start of AEW. And AEW uh, sources were surprised to learn that WB reached out to them. So it was an AEW original. An AEW original got a call. So... Scotty, thoughts on thoughts on those names coming in? Uh, so it's MJF. 
Um, anyways, the uh, rest of the crew, yeah, it's not shocking. Well, I mean, th- I th- well, that's the one thing. I also presume it's MGF, but hearing Fightful saying that AEW sources were surprised that they got the call, it's like, would they be really surprised that MGF got a call? Hmm. I don't know. I you know that's just you know that's just me saying. Must have, it must have been Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> now uh, we're talking. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't read. I, none of this. It, this is such like a no news story for me, and it got talked about way too much this week. Um, because I don't care who got contacted. They get contact whoever they want. I know people are like, oh, that's contract tampering. But like, this is wrestling. This wrestling doesn't work the same way as like the National Football League. So let's stop acting like it does. Um, mm-hmm. Swerve's my favorite one. Yeah, Swerve is great. <laughs> Swerve is great. Swerve's like, hey, no. Um, Bob, shout out Bobby Fish for trying to get his friends to quit so he could get a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That impacts paid him. So mm-hmm. Yeah, Swerve. Uh, I like Swerve saying. And then like after that news kind of went around, Swerve went on record and being like, Oh, I've been loving AEW way more than my entire run of NXT. It's like, all right, yeah. we we know where Swerve's feelings are uh, at the moment, so I don't blame him one bit. Uh, speaking of other people that left WWE, it was formally announced uh, from Stardom that Kyrie uh, is officially joining the IWGP Women's Title Tournament, uh, but not in that Japanese side. She's part of the international side of the bracket. She is the one with the buy. Uh, so Kyrie is joining the tournament. She will be facing the winner of Ava White and Alpha Female at um, uh, another stardom show in October, I think. Um, and then whoever wins that, then they move on to historic crossover and we'll get a new yeah. ever IWGP women's title tournament. So thoughts on yeah. Kyrie in this tournament. Um, it was the best move possible. Um, she will go to the finals. That shocks anyone. Now, don't get me wrong. Stardom did something today that definitely doesn't have anyone jazzed um, in terms of Alpha Female and the new group that she has formed. But that sounded like a classic Ryan transition, where you said no one, nobody jazzed D Gabbert, Alpha Female. Uh, yeah, no, no one's jazzed about it. But I don't really want to talk about it. So, anyways. Um, I'm here to talk about Five Star Grand Prix and Kyrie, but Kyrie versus Mayu should be your main event. That should be, or your final. I don't know if it'll be the main event of Historic Crossover, but that's the biggest match you could put on for the most eyeballs. That's the most, mm-hmm. those are the two most known people, and it should be excellent. So I'm happy with it. Uh, I think, in terms of size of like, who wins and whatnot, you don't, you can't really lose. Can't really lose with Mayu or Kyrie. So I'm looking forward to uh seeing how that goes. Yeah, I think um Kyrie is obviously huge. I think we sort of talked about it when they announced the tournament itself, the buy person, that the problem with the buy is that it has to be someone important enough to deserve a buy, but then it's yeah. like, well, then they are probably just gonna win the whole side there if they're that important. Um, which Kyrie seems like the right person. I do think, you know, sort of spoke about what happened with starting this morning. Um, I do think that part of the reason they did that is so that there is the element of, oh, Kyrie might not be able to win, you know, the classic yeah. booking thing. Um, uh, so I assume that's probably what the track record we're going to go down. 
Uh, but then, of course, we'll have Kyrie versus whoever's on the other side. You and I sort of suppose that, you know, it hasn't been formally announced, but we're probably assuming that Mayu will be one of the people in that bracket, and Mayu could probably win it. And then Mayu versus Kyrie would be fantastic. Um, and then, you know, Three Musketeers style. Uh, and then we have the historic crossover. I mean, now that Kyrie's also in it, I, you know, you and I have also talked, you talked about it before, maybe having Mayu win. Uh, but with, I've had both of them. Yeah, uh, I named both of them because if they want, if they want again, if they want the biggest name, it's those two. Yeah, and um, Kyrie would also be a very interesting per- win as well. Just so, yeah, you know, the idea of oh, this person is going to be on New Japan shows. This person's going to be in America defending it as well uh, on Strong yeah. and stuff like that. Kyrie makes sense. The um, only thing is, I don't think Kyrie has any part of her that wants to come back to America. Really? Well, she left. Well, good point. Purposely. <laughs> well, she also left during the <laughs> pandemic, so I don't blame her on that part. Yeah, but she left because she's married. Yeah. That's she true. left because she wanted to be home. I mean, if it's just for a trip or two, then that's one thing. But, I mean, I, we can't sit here and act like she wants to go back. <laughs> good point. That's no, a good point. She, she might be okay with, like, trips, though, because she does have friends there, of course. Yeah. Time and so, I wouldn't. I would we'll be see. surprised. But but Ryan, yes, we're on the victory road. <laughs> yes, we are. We are in fact on the victory road. Even though I don't know how much we actually won on the victory road, but alas, I'm past the victory road. I'm bound for glory, but we still have to talk about bound. For, we still have to talk about the victory road. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna lead this shit. Okay. Um, because I'm the captain now. I also didn't watch it, so it's probably better if I do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'll be fully I'll fully admit that. But you know, Impact Wrestling Victory Road happened this past uh, Friday night mm-hmm. on Impact Plus, as well as whatever their YouTube service is. Um, I have a few questions for you. I don't necessarily care about half these matches. Sure. That's why I didn't watch it. But what I do care about is, most importantly, did Impact continue their streak of good special events without lying? I I've never I've never lied about my feelings about Impact. Uh, I don't know. The answer is no. All right, cool. It, well, it's <laughs> it's it's not a no, but it's definitely like. The show was like a solid three-star show. Like, it was solidly good, but there was stuff that was ragged. There was, there was nothing. I mean, the best match was probably like three and a half stars. Uh, so it's like, you know, if, if, it was a, if it was a television show, I would be like, this was a good show. But the fact that this was mm-hmm. like sort of a pay-per-view-y, you know, event sure. special thing, it was like, this should have been Worth a little noting, bit better. So there were only there was only one title match for those who don't know. So it's not like it was, mm-hmm. you know, Bound for Glory, which is in two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I but, would say I would say it probably did not continue the streak. Right, but it wasn't right, a, it wasn't a horrendous show. It wasn't like right. la, like last year. Not maybe not last year. Last year was like a Christian versus Alex Zane. No, Alex Zane, uh, Ace Austin show and. Uh, you know that was last year, so I'm not gonna say last year. Yeah. But you know, it, it's not like previous Impact shows where it's like, oh, this was the drizzling shits. By the looks of it, 
now this is just me looking at it, it does feel like impact has lost something since earlier this year like everything yeah. looks the same and, and and we'll go into that more as we talk about this um of mm-hmm. course we got to start at the top of the card ryan yeah baby uh, some speedball mike bailey successfully defended the impact x division title against delirious mm-hmm. instead of you you know telling me how this match went and how he won because there was no question that mike bailey was going to win I want you to tell me in terms of the show, was that if if you were to cut it into halves, right? Mm-hmm. All the matches, would this be in the top half or the bottom half of the show? Oh, top, top half, top half easily. Okay. Uh, so speedball kept it up. Yeah, this was. I mean, not just top half. This was to me the best match on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Uh, All right. So. That's funny. Uh, it, it was uh, it was a really good match. Speedball kept it up. Um, I do think that Delirious held with him. I do think it was sort of the... Hmm, how do I put this? You know, like, when Osprey has a really great match with, like, an indie wrestler? But it's, like, yeah. the indie wrestler is, re- is pretty good, but they're still not, like, one of the best ever or something. But Ready it's, Christian. like... Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, but it's like, they're able to keep up and have a really good match, but it's kind of, Uh it's kind of mostly because Osprey, they had a really good match. Yeah. So it was because of speedball. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Delirious. (laughs) I mean, Delirious did hold their own. It was still entertaining, but it was mostly speedball that, that made the match entertaining. He had, he had big Osprey syndrome here. Um, All right. And yeah, it, I don't want you to go delirious so we can move on. No, yeah, uh, it was it was uh, <laughs> I, I some I saw the stat somewhere that uh, it was the first ever, I think at, le- at least X Division, probably the first ever like impact match where uh, both competitors were barefoot during the match. And I was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I the interesting part about this, I think, is like speedballs really slowed down mm-hmm. his wrestler of the year push in if that makes sense which is kind of crazy because i thought the moment he won that title it would just accelerate even more so i did i did want to hear about a match with delirious of all people but it's good to see he rose it up a little bit yeah um tough that it's the match of the night though because it was the first match of the night yeah well as we move on well we, uh, the motor city machine you oh, and i have sorry, also seen to... you and i have also seen that oh. with like previous impact shows though as well where like the first match is always yeah. the best match i think the reason i'm so down about this is because i was really enjoying all the impact shows mm-hmm. and this is the first time and i'll admit that I enjoyed something from each show, at least one thing, but usually two or three. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking at this and it's like, I have no part of me that needs to see any of this, which is a shame. But, but we, we cover it for all the lovely people at home. Yeah. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns beat Honor No More. I don't really need analysis here. Um, was this not a number one contenders match? Because I know they have the Bound for Glory match. No, this I believe, I believe they got the number one contendership on television against Aussie Open the Thursday previous. Uh, so it was just sort of a road to victory road to, if you will, to Bound for Glory. So uh, against you know, against the other two guys in Honor No More. So that was sort of the idea there. Uh, st- still pretty good. Still pretty good match. Uh, yeah, 
I, I can't see it being bad. No, no, it's not one of those matches that's going to be bad. It's kind of like the same scenario of what you just told me with Motor City Machine Guns <laughs> yes. instead of Mike Bailey. <laughs> that's kind of like half the show is like, well, you kind of expect them to yeah. live up to it enough. Uh, all right. Mickey James mm-hmm. keeps her career. That's a shame. Against uh, Giselle Shaw. Yeah, uh, she defeated the shell shot. So that means we still have to see Mickey James wrestle. Um, this is this is see, I like leading this because I get to ask questions. How did Mickey James look as a wrestler in this match? Fine. The same that she always looks. Yeah, fine. You know, nothing, nothing to write home about, but nothing awful. Uh, Went 12 minutes. Yeah. Giselle Shaw, I think, did a good job of keeping up. Yeah. Uh, she Giselle Shaw did like keeping a, up. <laughs> That's fair. She she looked Giselle Shaw looked good in there. She did a a, a a very interesting botch in the match that I want to highlight. That it was definitely a botch, but like the idea of it being a future move is insane. It was oh. she meant to do a running. Mickey James is on the outside. Giselle Shaw is going to do a dive to the outside, but doing the. Yeah over the top rope spinning, you know, sideways spinning, whatever that's called, crossbody thing, tornado, not tornado, I think that's the vertical. But uh the way she does it, she doesn't do it quite well and ends up basically kicking Mickey James in the back of the head uh when she does nice. the move. And it's like, "Oh, that was a real botch." But at the same time, she just did a running like corkscrew enziguri to, to Mickey James like Whoa, that, I mean, that was pretty cool, though. I mean, it's kind of cool, pretty cool spot, though. So, you know, it is what it is. But I was like, hey, you know, those cool spots, we just maybe just invented something. I don't know. Now I ask, would you recommend this match? Uh, if you want to watch, uh, if, if right, you're a no, fan of Giselle Shaw and Mickey James Shore, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't, it was good. It was good, but it wasn't like. I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Okay, I, okay. If you're in terms a, of star rating, I will say it was this: good. I, I, I would say this: if you are a Giselle Shaw fan, this was probably her best match in Impact. Oh, so that's, that's something. <laughs> so that's something. Uh, okay, uh, the Impact X Division Title Number One Contendership Triple Threat Revolver Match. Yeah. I hope if do do people in the back need me to repeat that again? The Impact <laughs> X Division Title Number One Contendership Triple Threat Revolver Match. The participants were Yuya Uemura, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. uh, Trey Miguel, Mia Yim, Laredo Kid, Kenny K I N G King. Thank you, Black Tarus, Alex Zane, and the winner. Frankie Kazarian of AEW also has me blocked on Twitter because I said his match was boring. So, so not bringing my bias into this, who was the shining star of this match? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing you the tough questions because I honestly, if there was a match that was at least entertaining on this show, it's probably this, but it went really long 24 minutes and eight seconds. So, to me, the shining star wrestling wise was Black Taurus. Um, yeah, so they were they were, but the match kayfabe wise, the person that was in there the longest was Mia Mia Yim. So they were definitely trying to showcase her the most. But uh, you know, I I love Black Taurus, so he was really good. Everyone else got like 
you know, good enough spots in it, but Black Taurus I just really enjoyed the most. You know why Impact will never be great why again is that? or yeah. ever well, or whatever. Why is that? Is because instead of doing Black Taurus versus Mike Ball, Mike Ball, Mike Ball, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike Bailey, <laughs> Ball, Mike Bailey, they went with the history thing instead. That's their problem. They can't avoid going historic ever. Instead of just going with the best match possible, they always have to kick themselves in the in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, um, are you excited for Speedball Mike Bailey versus Frankie Kazarian? Uh, you know, like you said, it's, it's historic. It will be if he beats Kazarian. Well, assuming he has one more defense uh, on the taping, he will potentially beat Kazarian to beat Christopher Daniels record of most defenses with the X division title. Um, so do I think it'll be good? It's Mike Bailey. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I just told Mike you, Bailey. I just gave you my thoughts on delirious. And I personally will say that Frankie Gazarian is better than delirious. <laughs> so it has, it has to be good, better. It has to be a good match at minimum. Uh, it's just a matter of how that's good fair. will the match be. That's fair. Uh, all right, next match. According to Cage Match, is the second best match on the show. Um, I have a hard time believing it. Um, Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. Thank you. And uh, Mike Bennett defeated the team of Josh Alexander, Rich Swan, and Heath. And reportedly, now I can't confirm nor deny via my sources, Josh Alexander was pinned in this match. Um... I do not remember at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best analysis I could have asked for for this match. I had one question, one about the result, and he's like, "I don't know." Was, I, 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 I got impact out instead of watching Rampage Grand Slam. I had to watch this, and to me, I can't even remember who got pinned. By the way, the I, I do know that Josh Alexander got pinned. I just wanted to see if you did. I could. Um, I could not. Got pinned. To be fair, I have. I think I've watched like thirty or forty wrestling matches since I watched this match, and so I'm like, I'm genuinely being like, I do not remember at all. I watched. One second, big yawn. All Which right. I uh, saw the Impact spoilers mm-hmm. for their tapings. Um, by the way, a match on the show happens again. Um, you can figure out which one. It doesn't excite you either way. Um, so I was going to say mostly Machine Gun versus PCO and Vincent. That would have been my <laughs> guess. <laughs> I was like, no, that's Mickey James versus Giselle Shaw. Anyways. I did see that Josh Alexander got pinned in the build to him versus Eddie Edwards. Again, mm-hmm. impact going on the history rather than the best match. Um, yeah. I, if you don't have any more words to say, we can always move on. Well, I can't, I, I can't stuff. believe, can you, I can't believe that I'm asking you this question, but can you tell me who pinned Josh Alexander? I think it was Eddie Edwards. Okay. Okay. That's fine. It's fine. It's a it's a six man tag. You're building up to the world title match. We just showcased that Eddie Edwards can pin Josh Alexander. So storyline wise, that's fine. That makes sense. It's not. It's logical booking, right? It's logical booking at the end of the day. So, uh, I you said at the beginning. I will also say that you said that this match was like the second best. Uh, This was 
the second best match on the show. Oh, uh, what's that? The uh, ratings for, don't lie. Uh, for me, uh, not in cage. <laughs> my ratings no, don't match cage, cage match. match. Disagrees with you. Uh, but uh, I will say that this was probably the second best match on the show. It was pretty good. You know, uh, I thought that everyone did a pretty good job in here. So I'm excited to see what happens. In a pick your poison match or whatever the hell they called it. Uh, Jordan Grace defeated Max the Impaler, the the chosen opponent of or uh, via Masha Slamovich. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't have any questions for this. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, it was. A I lot- just saw I saw Max catch Jordan Grace, and I was like, "That's sick." Yes. Uh, I don't remember if that was the spot, but she, I believe, she caught Jordan Grace. And then she threw Jordan Grace onto the edge of the ring. And it was the loudest thunk I've ever heard that I legitimately thought like Jordan Grace broke something. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was a, like a, like a large thunk that looked, it was like the crowd went silent. Like, oh crap, someone just died. It was really, it was terrifying, but you know, that's Max the Impaler, right? Um, yeah, it was just a good match that had a lot of, like, sur- around-the-ring brawling. Uh, it ended up being fine. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there are, was a post-match thing here, and obviously there is a, a in- new incomer into the roster that I believe happened either before this match or after this match. Do you want me to talk about those as well? Yeah, because I, I don't even know what that is. I can't i can't get that off of a cage match unfortunately so uh i know you are super excited about this so it's a it was a pick your poison which classically is you know we have two the champion and challenger the challenger picks their poison to face the champion the champion picks their poison to face the challenger masha selovich picked uh oh i fucking know who it is masha selovich picked uh maxine paler jordan grace gets on the mic afterwards and says that, you know, it's time to pick someone from Asha Slamovich. Uh, she said that the person, wa- she picked someone, but the person only wanted to do it under their rules. Their rules was it had to be a monster rules match, and the person was Alley Catch. So it would be Alley, uh, for taped for television, Alley Catch versus Masha Slamovich in a monsters rules match. Impact Wrestling's dead. The Bring crowd on. did slightly pop for Ali catch's name it was there, a delayed pop but uh, there couldn't be any the only good part about any of this is that Masha slamovich is winning that belt and otherwise otherwise this would be all a crime Ali catch are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me i know i know you're not but i, I heard i yes. heard that and i died i was like oh you're kidding me no i i you know, GCW built its women's wrestling. I'm not even going to say division because it's not fucking division. It's one no, person. It's one it's around one her. That's all they care about. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. No, no. We yeah, can go uh, on our, GC, we can go on our GCW tirades. For- Do you remember that awful show that was their biggest show of all time? Yeah. It was a G- Alley Catch versus Soho, I believe. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah, it did. That was the. T- that was the, and I'm going to say it, the token women's match on the show because that's what they did. Alley Catch, are you kidding me? That's who your threat is to Masha Slamovich? Are you joking? God. Hey, at least, they're, at least they're booking, I, at least they're booking women's this matches. It's like supposed PD, to be PWG. 
kayfabe, you pick someone that's actually gonna beat her up. Not someone that sucks. God well, damn. Well, that's why they did a that's why they did a monsters rules match, uh, probably. Well, before the main event, and I, again, I don't remember if this Is happened after. Well, I don't remember if this happened after the women's match or before. Bobby Fish came out uh, <laughs> in Impact Victory Road. Uh, so. Uh, uh, didn't say he signed a contract or anything. I've heard rumors that it's a handshake deal sort of gimmick. Uh, but he came out, talked about, you know, how he's here. He's a lightning rod of controversy currently. Um, how he could say kind of whatever he wants because he doesn't have a contract. They can't fire him. Um, how uh, he he only wants to fight legit guys. He wasn't um, even on the tapings. He, he wasn't even on the tapings. That's hilarious. Um, basically he only just wants to fight legit guys, kind of a shoot style, semi-shoot style punk, I guess. Um, and said that the impact locker room had a lot of legit guys and then out came Shira and Raj Singh. No fucking way. Bobby Fish was like, I don't know who you guys are. And they're like, well, we're this guy. Bobby Fish beats him up and says, I still don't know who you are, but whatever. I'll fight you, I guess. Um, All right. So supposedly right. that's the Bound for Glory match, I'm guessing. I might have to say it, guys. I might have to say it. MLW might have just passed <laughs> it. With, with, within one show. ML, MLW didn't even have to MLW didn't even have to do anything. They haven't even they officially come back yet. <laughs> they haven't officially come back yet, but what they have done, what they have done, spoiler alert, is they crowned Shun Skywalker as a champion. Yeah. Well, while Impact added Bobby Fish to their <laughs> roster. I don't even care if it's for one match. It's bad enough. Bobby yeah. Fish doesn't offer you anything. He doesn't offer you coaching. He doesn't offer you talent. He doesn't offer you well, good wrestling. Nope, nope, nope. He doesn't offer you anything besides boring-ass takes that no one cares about. The guy that he keeps sucking off doesn't even care about him. <laughs> give him a job. So I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done with Bobby Fish. Guess what? Kyle Riley's best tag team partner wasn't even Bobby Fish. It was Roderick Strong. So get out of here. Let's move on. I can't talk about the Fisherman anymore. Uh, I do have two points though. My well Robert was just in reg- my well was just in regards to the coaching aspect. He he has been taking independent coaching seminars, so you can take that as it was. He stole is. pizza yesterday. I don't want to hear it. Uh, so he did the indie coaching seminar with Black Little Pro, and they talked about it during the show about how Levi Everett was there, and I cannot imagine Levi Everett, the Amish wrestler, being trained by Bobby Fish. There's just something about that very funny to me. Uh, I also wrote down multiple jokes because I had a tweet about it, and I just are they all to... old person jokes? No, I wrote. Uh, I didn't write anything. Are, I just wrote. His best friend, the queen, died. Um, <laughs> I wrote. Uh... I wrote. So Triple H didn't pick up the phone. Uh, what is Robert Salmon doing in the Impact Zone? Uh, nice. Was good. that the, was that supposed to be the nine twenty three debut? Uh, <laughs> is AEW a legit <laughs> company now that Impact picked up their first ex, <laughs> their first disgruntled ex AEW employee? Um, so yeah, uh, there's you know it's seemingly it's a handshake deal. So who the heck knows? Uh, that's just a rumor. I don't necessarily know anything yeah, for specific. I'd wash my hands personally, um, but alas, we it's, move on. It's Impact. This is what they do. This is ha- the kind of people they pick up. You know, that's oh, God. It, it is what it had, is. You know, Impact had such good vibes with me and 
They're pissing it all away. I will say though, this like you just said, the it was the alley catch, it was the Bobby Fish, and it was the main event that we're about to get to. That really, I was just like, oh, I'm 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 starting to get out. I'm I'm starting why to get out. Of I, why didn't I watch Rampage Grand Slam? Well, that is because I wanted to go to bed. But <laughs> that's true. Anyways, the barbed wire massacre. Steve Macklin, Steve Schmacklin mm-hmm. defeated the team of Moose. Uh, not team. They weren't a team. And Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so maybe it would have been better. All I know. Oh, this is, these are the things that I know from the main event. I want you to confirm, and then I want you to continue. Sure. Uh, because, you know, this is how I do analysis for these things. So what I know is that Sammy Callahan dressed like McFoley. Yes. I know that Sammy Callahan brought down the match a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would agree. And I know that Steve Macklin won. <laughs> Those yes. are the three things I knew. Yes, and I'll add to is that. Is I correct in all ways? You were correct in all ways. And I'll add to that that not only did Steve I'll Macklin I'll tell you about hard time. <laughs> not only was Steve Macklin the winner, but he was also the best part of this match. He did That's... a phenomenal job in this match, I will say. Uh to address Steve Macklin's good. To address he is good. I, I really I've really been enjoying him. If there is anyone that can maybe and maybe this is the idea, uh if there's anyone that can maybe that they in, in impact that they can probably have be the next X division title holder after Mike Bailey, not saying Mike Bailey loses. Maybe he just does the, you know, X division relinquishes the title to go after the world title. Uh, Macklin, I think is a good person to go for that X division. I think that is legitimately a good idea. Um, So to address point number two about Sam and Callahan dragging smashdown, uh, 100%. This match was 25 (laughs) minutes long. It was plotting. It was boring. It was everything you don't want in a barbed wire massacre. <laughs> I was I was insulted by how boring this match was. Macklin was great in there. Anytime he was in the match, it was good. Moose held his own. Uh, Sammy Call- thank you. Sammy Callahan was the worst part of this match. He is so slow now, post injury and all that stuff. He's so slow. He's obviously gained a bunch of weight, which is fine. Yeah, talk but that like, shit, Ryan. He's he's gained a bunch of weight, which is fine, but he's definitely slowed down significantly. Uh and he's just not and and now and now Sammy Callahan, a guy that at one point in time thought was going to be the breakout star of the Switchblade conspiracy, uh uh <laughs> is now is now doing tribute acts. With with Raven and Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. I think it's really Cactus Jack, but Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Raven. We're now doing tribute acts in Impact and only basically doing these deathmatch stuff, which are super boring. What are we doing, Sammy Callahan? I oh, I, I do not understand it. I I am okay if he stops wrestling altogether. He does a good job as a Booker for Revolver. Just. I, I'm I don't want to see the guy anymore on my screen, my, let alone my, in this my, company. My, you just embraced your Scott E on that one. I did. I did. I <laughs> Holy shit. He not he not only went to the point of this guy isn't good anymore, he said, and I quote, <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> he said, 
retire. Yeah. He said, get the fuck out of here. It's it wow. just, it was look, and I get if people still like Sammy Callahan, that is fine, but it's just he is he is barely a shell of who he was years ago. You know, before with the Switchblade conspiracy, in even compared so his to his like, last great match was against Kenny Omega. Kenny by God Omega. Probably. Pro- and and it was against Omega, so there might be was a that reason. Was not why. his last match? I think he had a match after that that was against Trey Miguel, and that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I remember that being pretty good. But yeah, no, it is. He he got injured, and since he's been back, it has been a lot of like at best good, at worst horrendous. My my favorite part of the rant, my favorite, my personal favorite part of the rant. As you went, he was supposed to be the breakout of the Switchblade conspiracy. Are you joking? <laughs> we picked him over John Moxley. He, people pick people legitimately picked him back in the day over John Moxley. And to be fair, who would have guessed that wrong. John Moxley would be where he is today? I guess John uh, Moxley probably true. Uh, but it, it have you was, heard that man talk about himself? That's wrestler. True. That's true. It it is it is it's it's so seeing John Moxley where he is talker that he is the kind of wrestler he is being the champion of a top company versus Sammy Callahan in a minor promotion in, oh, in the United man. States just doing deathmatch stuff boring as hell the, he this is supposed to be his kind of match style and he was the worst person in it it's. It is like such a divide between the two. That's and, tough. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm like, get this guy off my screen. Just be a you booker. Pretty much told him to retire. Just be a booker. He's good as a booker in Revolver. I don't know if you've been checking out Revolver that indie, but he's been doing a pretty good job at, over over there. I've been liking what they've been doing over there. But it's just here. It's just like, look, man. It. I don't. I don't know. If Revolver this... books impact talent better than impact books impact talent. So uh, yeah, there you go. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was our victory road. We are now bound for glory moving forward when it comes to impact wrestling. Uh, I have a funny little uh, thing for you here. Cause it just, ha- I was just scrolling on cage match and I saw oh, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus heat, Josh Alexander, Rich Swan are one of the last three comments in the rating center. On cage match, it got an eight from the legit boss. Sasha Banks loved the match. <laughs> um, but you want to hear the other three? Sure. The other two. So one of them was Utami Haishishida versus Saki. Mm-hmm. That was rated. And then the other one is a four rating for Tony Storm. So and it's just a wrestler. The, the highest rated thing. <laughs> it's just a wrestler. The highest rated thing was Impact. So out of all of that, Impact got a four star match uh, from this from yeah, Sasha Banks from, legi- from Sasha Banks from Lucha Boss. What yep. was the rating on the Utami Saki match? Six. They got a six. So that's a three from, from <laughs> then Wogged Badly. That's a three star match, and then someone yep. rated Tony Star one star. <laughs> Tony Storm. No, 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 t- two. She got two. She got four. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I understand. Still. Still. Respect on the <laughs> AEW interim world women's champion name. Two God. is so low. That's so wrong. Oh man. So well, wrong. there you go. That is officially the Impact Victory Road review. And as I said, 
We're bound for glory now, baby. We're bound for glory. We are bound for glory. Next week will probably be our bound for glory preview. Like, the, and I will say that too is that this show very much felt like I, I jokingly said Victory Road Two. It basically was. It was a Victory Road Two Bound for Glory. This was a lot of like they announced a lot of matches. They uh, put together the Mia Yim versus Mickey James match on the show as well. Uh, obviously, the X Division title and all this other stuff. They they put together a lot of matches on this show um to get bound for glory together so that's really what this show was meant to be and what it kind of was uh, just with a crappy main event anyway. if anyone's wondering um i don't know maybe you are um <sighs> bound for glory doesn't look great but it does look a lot better than victory road so yeah. we'll hold out hope we will review that in full i will be watching that i will be bound for glory baby yeah baby let's get to it uh speaking about uh great shows grand slam it's on a friday yeah it is time for glory on a friday um aw had their grand slam week their arthur ash stadium uh one of the top one of the only 10 shows to have a million dollar gate so congrats to them on that uh they had a bajillion matches on the show and for both grants uh for dynamite and rampage um we're gonna let's go through and plenty talk about of takes it. you know yeah. i've been, i you know i passed up on going grand slam first because one i wanted to start it off with impact start off hot start off the show hot with the biggest topic going on in wrestling we knew we knew the people wanted to talk about people wanted to hear my but thoughts i also very much wanted to uh save my heated discussion for later because i get very tired after i do this yeah this is this is the meat of the show probably meat and potatoes baby so let's get to it. Let's start off with Grand Slam Dynamite with the Ring Little of whatever Honor. Whatever a potato is. <laughs> Ring of Honor World Title Match opening the entire week here. Chris Jericho defeats Claudio Castagnoli. I think I made the joke last week of it would be insane if Chris Jericho won the title. And guess what? He won the title. Who's ready for my hot take? He's brought dishonor to Ring of Honor. Scotty. This was the best decision for ring of honor one 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 chris jericho is having another career resurgence i was gonna say a career resurgence another one he's 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 had a billion at this point two the match was really good i think one of if not it was my favorite match on the night actually I, it was my favorite <laughs> night. It was my favorite night of the mat. It might actually might have been my night of the my match. It was week my for AEW. It was my second favorite, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some selfish reasons play into that. But so favorite match from Dynamite, yep. Grand Slam. Okay, three. Who's better to be your world champion to get a TV deal than Chris Jericho? Mm-hmm. I've already seen him do it once. How do you think AEW got their TV deal, people? We have to thank the Demo God, mm-hmm. the Wizard, the man who makes the list. Le Champion. Y2J, Le Champion. Le Champion de Honorable. The pain, the pain maker, the, the, the guy that had the knockoff evil shirt that people forget about, and I really need to go find that so I can tell you what it said on it. Chris Jericho, baby. And then, and then he has this like, and I think he had his best night of commentary too on Rampage. He was hilarious the entire he show. Was. He was really good. It was like, 
Ricky Starks hit a low blow. And he's like, oh my God, who hit a low blow? And it's like, you know, it's those little things. But I actually think this was a great match. I think Chris Jericho winning was the right decision. Sorry for the Claudio fans, but oh well. Uh, Chris Jericho also made a bit where Sting uh, hit someone with a bat uh, during their their match on Rampage, yeah. and Chris Jericho's like, "Ah, who would hit someone with a bat? That, that what, <laughs> what kind of honor is in that that kind of move?" <laughs> Him doing the honor gimmick is going to be so oh, much fun. It's already great. It's already also. Fantastic. I'm full in. Someone pointed out to me that this could be all to build to the. Chris Jericho versus Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Title for title match. And I was like, that that's how you book. Which if I'm not Tony Khan might be booking Ring of Honor better than AEW right now. Which if I'm not I'm not mistaken, I believe the only other person if Daniel Garcia wins that match, I believe the only other person that's been able to do that official well, there have been multiple, but they kind of had him at the same time. Uh, the first person that did that was Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. He's the one that combined those titles. Yeah. Um, when they got rid of the pure. And it feels like Daniel Garcia would be the right choice to do that. I'm all in, man. I'm all in on the story. I'm all in on Jer- the sports entertainers running Ring of Honor. With, I'm all about it. With dishonor? <laughs> with dishonor. This is what. Ring of Honor could be. Um, I saw a lot of people that actually like Ring of Honor that are excited for this. I'm now let's just excited. hope they get a TV deal. That's that's what they need. I mean, you talked about it. I, you know, or a deal. I don't care what it's on. I I I do <laughs> wonder if this could be the early tip off of them acquiring a TV deal or close to them. Yeah. Um, I've sort of surmised based on WBD's Warner Brothers Discoveries uh issues and how they handle their business currently that if we were to get a tv deal for ring of honor it is not going to be until the new year uh wbg doesn't want to spend any more money trust me i personally know that issue with my job uh uh, that's a story for another day uh but they (laughs) they do not necessarily want to be spending any more money than they need to they decided to push all their movies till next year because they don't want to spend more money on that stuff uh, unless it's Black Adam. Unless it's Black Adam or Don't Worry Darling. Uh, yeah, how'd that work out? Sorry. about <laughs> uh, wrestling. I mean, it got a lot of press, <laughs> I guess. Um, so th- they don't... If we're going to get a Ring of Honor television deal, it is not going to be till next year. Um, uh, that's okay. Uh, so With them. With them. With them. That, that is true. talking to uh, The Zone. That is true. Potential things, which... It sounds like it would be more for outside of the U.S. than anything. Sure. Yeah, I imagine It's that, interesting. Though. I imagine ideally, if I was Tony Khan, ideally you just want to keep it all in the same room. You don't have to Yeah, have, for sure. I mean, WB has the thing with like USA and Fox, which is nice. You get a lot of money in that deal. But then you have to deal with two masters, and that is also a difficulty. Um, sure. Well, no, WWE said you don't get it to You don't get a world champion. Fuck you. <laughs> That's also true. Uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, no. So I think it's a great idea. I think Claudio had a really good reign, really solid reign. He had a good TV reign. Yeah. And he he has good a TV reign as he could. Yeah. And also it doesn't mean, and he has been booked very well and booked really well. 
But also, you know, let's say is Chris Jericho is still a bigger star. And if you're trying to also sell Ring of Honor television, well, you already sold a television with Jericho as champion before. So why not do it with him again? I don't blame it. I think it's a good idea. I also have a thought here. I think I think Tony Khan needed Claudio to be free of a world title so that he can plug him into more things now. Yeah. I yeah. think that I think that's like part of the problem for Claudio so far is like he was a world champion so you couldn't just toss him into things. Mm-hmm. Now he could be tossed into things and just have great matches, right? He can kind of be what John Moxley was before they needed John Moxley to be AEW world champion, right? Yeah. Like they just kind of plugged him in for great matches. So I think that will be interesting. I li- I like the move, like I said. Um, Chris Jericho, like I said, is doing some fantastic work all over again. So should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and look, and it also doesn't mean that. That's also the other thing. Is that it doesn't mean that Claudio can never be champion again, right? I mean, if let's say Claudio can be what Moxley was, which Moxley kind of is like the ace, maybe Claudio could be the ace of Ring of Honor, and that can mean that he can have the title yeah. again. I don't know. Who the heck knows? Is he cut out for we'll that? See. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Otherwise, well, I him and Yuta are probably fighting uh, FTR too. So yeah, there's that idea. There's you know you could always also do Yuta and Garcia versus Claudio and Chris Jericho as a tag match down the line. Um, sure. That has interesting dynamics as well with Garcia yeah. in there. Um, you yeah, know, besides that, all that the, this match was great. I thought this match was great. I went four stars on it. The um, only thing I didn't like on it was the carry silk and stuff. Yeah, that was weird. That was definitely weird and didn't really quite work. I think it's because Jericho missed his punch too, yeah. so it all just yeah. looked bad. But it it helped. It didn't quite work, but it helped establish the idea that Jericho is dishonorable uh, yeah. to play into the finish and play into his old kind of gimmick change, kind of still gimmick. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and they also made the point he wasn't the Lionheart again. Yes. He was the wizard. Yeah. So that's his sports entertainer thing. So that's funny. Oh, yeah, it was very good. A very good match. Uh, next up was the AW World Tag Team title match. The Acclaimed officially won the titles. They beat Swerve of Glory. They didn't do an audible change. Uh, they did it, saved it. They built it up even more. You heard that pop. Uh, and the if it would have blown off the roof if there was one in Arthur Ashe, uh, but this match was was really good. Was as good as was, the All Out. No, 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 it wasn't. Didn't expect it to be. Honestly, it was going to be hard to re. It's hard to relight the fire in a lot of ways. Um, but you can make an argument that also that this pop might have been bigger than the All Out one. I mean that one. Was yeah, pretty that's big, true. I don't but... know. The all it was the all out one was like that was that was like a raging building <laughs> as that match went on. That's true. Um, I, my biggest takeaway from this match is that Swerve will be one of the best heels in wrestling very quickly. Yeah. So they also tease Swerve and Keith Lee officially breaking up as well. Swerve is fantastic. I think Ugh. Swerve. I mean, he jokingly tweeted out saying there was someone that commented said that saying that MJF is like. Um, you know, not necessarily going to be, excuse me, be like the uh, biggest heel now in the company. And then Swerve tweeted out, it was okay, okay, I'll be. And I was like, yes, he can be. He can easily do it. He has the charisma. He has the talking skills. Uh, he can easily be a heel. 
Uh, it would work very well. Um, yeah. And Keith Lee. He's a... Swerve's an instant challenger for any title with a baby face, I think. I wonder if... They... They'll build him up, but he could be. I wonder if what they're going to do with them. You know, there was... You know, obviously they can keep him in AEW. They could bring one of them to Ring of Honor, maybe. Um, but that's the other thing, is that we always... Swerve is looking like the Shawn Michaels, weirdly enough, in this tag team breakup, potentially. What are we doing with Keith Lee? No one's got any idea about what we do with Keith Lee. Wait and see. I think he's more wait and see. Um, I like the story that they're going with of, like, he's kind of not on the same board of, like, being the heel in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I don't know. Well, it's good to not have all the answers. You know what's I'm kind of think would be a good idea and this is fantasy booking but so who the heck cares but um they don't think this would be a hit row bring oh, in hit sorry. row you're right you are correct <laughs> uh sorry not hit row hit makers um uh, uh i do think that shit makers i don't think this would be a formal tag team but i would love to see a tag team match of swerve strickland and powerhouse hobbs versus mm. Keith Lee and Ricky Starks. Mm, Just, that'd be good. Uh, that bringing back that rivalry, but now we're switching teams and can they coexist on both sides? There's something yeah. about that that scratches the brain. But uh this match was good. I think this match was really good. Uh I thought that uh again Bowens and Caster did a phen- phenomenal job. Uh do you care much about the Billy Gunn intervention with the famouser? No. Yeah, me neither. I, you know, people are because I bring that up because people are complaining about the multiple, uh, dirty finishes and including Billy Gunn in that one. Well, get over it. There we go. Here we hear from Scotty Edwards first. <laughs> AEW All Atlantic Title Match: Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Pac defeats Orange Cassidy. Uh, this was not nearly as good as their previous match. Um. I did like the finish, though. I actually liked the finish of him hitting him in the head with the hammer and be like, what? I didn't do anything. I love that. (laughs) Pac Pac is like, Pac is such an interesting wrestler because he could probably have the best match on every show if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. but he wrestles such a style where it's like, it can be hit or miss. And I I don't think he necessarily missed here. It just, it wasn't nearly as good as it could have been. Like, if him and Osprey do what they did during their match all the time, like, if he just went that style, he would, he would be having some of the best matches of the year on Dynamite. But he likes his methodically heelish paced style, and I think that's okay. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, no, it, it definitely wasn't as good. The right good. person won. I agree. The right person won. It definitely wasn't as good as the previous matches. I think part of that, and I've spoken about this in the past before. Orange Cassidy doesn't have any steam left. He doesn't have any steam left, but also part of it is that whereas they kept a lot of his his wrestling gimmick off out of the ring, his wrestling gimmick in the ring, he is just a work rate guy, right? He's now he's now just a wrestler. A lower work rate guy. And he had some of that lethargy here again, but nothing that compared to the very first match or anything that really what made Orange Cassidy signable has all been kind of stripped away from him. 
Now, is that a bad thing? It's been a lot of years yeah. since he started this. Like, I yeah. think the gimmick's just starting to run out of juice. I don't know. I think I think the gimmick can still work. I think it's just if you want if you want the gimmick to re be reinvigorated, you gotta bring back the lethargic wrestling style. You know, I I think that yeah. is what got him over to begin with. Why not just do that? I get he, the guy can go as a wrestler. He's got the work rate. But you know that's that's just my opinion. This match was still good, but I feel like you know the reason the guy got signed was doing that style. Sure. Uh, I guess maybe not necessarily the reason the guy got signed, but that was the match His that popularity. got him signed. It, and it got him popular to begin with. So why not? All right. Why not do something worth that bringing more? up? Let's bring up the MJF uh, interview yeah. from earlier this week about the meme wrestlers, mm-hmm. and you know, like I think. I think a lot of what MJF said was actually very agreeable for me. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do I agree with him with El Hijo Dave Vikingo? No, I don't agree with him <laughs> on that. But I that that felt more like a jab of like, oh, you know what? He probably sees a potential match now out of that more than him just like hating the Lucha style of Vikingo. Yeah. Um, and he was a good person to bring up in terms of gift wrestler because, I mean, come on. Um, he's but, not. He's not wrong in that endeavor. No, no, he's a great gift wrestler. No. But I think MJF said a lot of truth, and Orange Cassidy just happened to be a good wrestler too. So I think he was really the main start of that. Like he's this meme wrestler, right? That a lot of people enjoyed because of his gimmick and he was funny. But he can go actually. Yeah. Ever since then, none of the other guys can go. Yeah, Danhausen is Warhorse. Warhorse. Well, I think Warhorse Warhorse has gotten better. He's being trained by Davy Richards. Got better, but this doesn't mean he can go. <laughs> no, yeah, he's being trained by Davy Richards, so he certainly has gotten better and beefier. Uh, also, my other favorite part of the MJF stuff was when he was on Ariel Ariel Hawani show, mm-hmm. and he asked him about the bloodline. He goes, "We the ones, babe." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was fascinated by... Can I just quickly talk about that Ariel uh, stuff? Yeah. He... It's fascinating that... He's so good. He's very good. But it's fascinating to me that the guy can have, like, the interview and get catch interviews with MJF and stuff. And then, like, the next day, go on Bill Simmons' podcast and say that AEW is cratering and, and like, yeah. the worst it's ever been. And but then yeah. but then say like oh but MJF is good. Uh, he's a, he's a future rem- star. I guess people really don't remember like pandemic AEW. Like <laughs> the beginning of that was just bad, and it's not Which, their fault. Yeah. To be to be fair, <laughs> I mean a lot but of like, it at the beginning was just like I just I'll take feel what like I can get. I just feel like it's worth bringing up. Like this is not the worst. Just because they've had the a bad news story doesn't make it the worst. No. Um, and they've certainly yeah, also the bounced interviews. They've also certainly bounced back from all that CM Punk stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. that stuff. if if anyone hasn't heard it, I think hearing MJF's philosophy on wrestling and why he watches everything to get better is mm-hmm. actually like really important. And I think it's kind of like really how I personally watch wrestling as a fan too. Like, oh yeah, it's not just as a wrestler, but like that's a fan type thing of like to see the different styles and to get better as a someone that you know sits here and talks about wrestling even like Mm -hmm. yes he's getting better to be a wrestler 
but he has a lot of truth just for fans, let alone for wrestlers. So uh, oh, yeah. like that interview is great by him. That, that whole idea was sort of, you know, what you and I came together on that idea of like being, I sort I said this to Jesse the other day of like, it's almost like being cultured as a wrestling fan. And I don't mean to say that it's <laughs> sort of like a, I'm better than you MJF style, but just the idea of like, you know, I'm not just watching WWE. We're watching American right. wrestling, American indie wrestling, European wrestling, Mexican wrestling, uh, Japanese Puro style, uh, uh, Joshi style, um, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Uh, and, and I feel like that is something you and I came and clicked on, but that was also essentially what like the ethos of this show stemmed from was this. I talking about impact. Yeah, one of the reasons we talk about it, one of the reasons I keep talking about Impact, one of the reasons I keep bringing up NWA with you, not only is it funny yeah. to get your reaction. He hasn't he hasn't won that one yet. <laughs> no. He's trying. No, but the, <laughs> but part of it is reactions from Scotty and I think that's I think it's funny. Scotty thinks it's funny and fans of this, this show think it's funny. That's a little peek behind the curtain. People enjoy that segment. But it's also this idea that yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Torturing Scotty is funny. Um, but also the idea that there's... I don't necessarily want to come on here like to talk about... like We only talk about the things we love, and it's just two hours Not of us just talking AW about... Not and WWE. Yeah, it's I don't want like, this show to be... really how to say it. I don't want this show to be two hours of us discussing wrestling, the only wrestling that we love for the past week. Like, yeah. I think it's... Yeah. it's You've got to be critical. It's important to watch it all so that we can be able to talk about everything in a better way. You know, I just yeah. went on, I, this would be my plug, I just went on uh, Red Leaf Retrocast of Bowling JD, and we talked about the PWI and, you know, rewrote the PWI Top 20. And I would have only been able to talk about that and be a guest on that show if I had an understanding of wrestling in america the different levels of wrestling in america the levels of wrestling in japan and europe and if i had that sort of understanding and uh i was able to do a good job and i don't don't think i shared with you our new top 20 but it is kind of funny uh but it's realized you would love you would love a new top 20 orange cassidy this all came from orange cassidy anyways (laughs) anyways <laughs> but no but to i just want to agree on everything you have we we watch everything to be critical to be fans mm-hmm. it's always to be fans that's yeah. why we're all here okay you and i are fans of wrestling not like yeah. one specific thing but wrestling. right right we, we're not trying to be haters unless it's nwa that i have to <laughs> I, 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 they just deserve it yeah uh but like we give praise when there's when there's warranted yeah. like, <laughs> if, if we sat here and did what every other pay-per-view pay-per-view podcast does mm-hmm. of just doing wwe and AEW, we wouldn't i wouldn't feel like there's a reason to do it yeah. it's just like oh yeah we enjoy talking about it but this is different hopefully people see that but uh yeah let's move on by the way uh kanosuke takesha should be back all right continue i think he's is i think i heard somewhere that he is coming he is back coming in back. october yeah he had his last match with ddt uh today yeah i was about to say did he win that match by the way spoilers no but it was phenomenal I, I saw they. I saw the match of the week. I saw they did the Nigel McGuinness spot. Oh, with the headbutt. Yeah, the on the headbutt yeah, on the ring post. It was fucking nuts. Headbutt on the ring post radio. Anyways, uh, next match. Yes. <laughs> next match. AEW interim world women's title match. Tony Storm was able to retain the title against Athena, Britt Baker, and Serena Deeb. 
Before we talk about the post-match, though, let's talk about this match uh, with these four women. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good match. But Breaker's going to learn how to not get her nose broken. Yeah, That's I don't tough. know. <laughs> That's tough. I felt bad. Yeah, I mean, um, this one wasn't her fault, certainly. I think it was just an over-rotation from Athena. Biggest takeaway from this match, this is the best Athena has looked in AEW. I yes. thought she looked like a star in this match. I thought Deeb was really good early, too. Yep. I thought those two really were the main focal points of this, which was interesting, because after the match, it really wasn't about them at all. Uh, it was about the other two. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought I thought the match was pretty good. Good fatal four-way. I'll also good, say... Um, and they should probably... Uh, move away from the fatal four ways now <laughs> well, two of them well, but it's a good style i guess so i was gonna say that you know with all the faults of AEW women's division i do think that they they do multi-man women's matches very well sure. I, I don't i mean they've done a lot of four ways for the women's title but i don't remember any of them being bad you know like they're yeah they're all been pretty good so and maybe and maybe that's why they do them. You know, that's why they keep doing tag matches is to to showcase more stuff like that, get more women on television, yada yada yada. Um, you yada, know, yada, it, yada. it obviously worked ratings wise. This show, this segment, this match out outperformed previous women's division weeks. Uh, so this was obviously worked. Um, it was very good, and I thought that was a very good match. Now the post match, of course, Jamie Hader came out. Uh, uh, and re-teamed back up with Britt Baker. Didn't they? Didn't do the split. Ugh. Before again. you talk about the other thing, mm-hmm. I need to share my displeasure with this. Yeah, stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, I'm over. They it. wasted our time. Yeah, they had a perfect story to tell. With Britt Baker, I know how much that means to them to have her have a story. She had a story and they ruined it. It's over. Now I don't care anymore. Yeah, I think this is the second time they've teased a split uh, and they didn't pull the trigger again. It's not, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell me Thunder Rosa's injury made you change plans either. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I, I, I am under the belief that the reason it, they didn't do the split is because to make the save – Soraya, 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 Soraya. Thank She's, you. She literally tweeted, Soraya, Soraya, formerly known as Paige from WWE, made her debut in the company. Uh, ran off Baker, Hater, D Rebel. Uh, no one knows. Commentary kind of made it sound like she was gonna wrestle. Sir, she's not cleared. Yeah, she's not formally cleared. Uh, she also, you know, she's Paige. Paige also tweeted, "Don't read what you don't read. Believe everything you read in a dirt sheet." So, no one really knows <laughs> what's happening. Uh, but she is in the company. She might be wrestling, um, for the first time in years. So we'll see. How do you feel um, about how do you feel about Paige coming to the company? It's their biggest name they've ever added to the division. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's not. It's not the level, and I can't stress this enough. It's not like adding a four horsewoman, but, but, it is adding a tier or two below, which I still think is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, her she's known as Paige, but Soraya 
is a name that people know. Uh, if she wrestles, it's a big deal mm-hmm. uh, from various reasons. Um, but no, I think it's a great ad as long as she can wrestle, as long as she's a hundred percent okay. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I don't know if that's true. Um, but I appreciate the move. You went out and you went and got someone. You went and got someone that has name value, that has you know so ill put eyes on your women's division. Mm-hmm. Now her feuding with Britt Baker right off the bat, you know. It's expected, but I the one thing I fear is it will take precedent over the title now. High tolls. Yeah, so. that that's something that if you recall from Sheeta's reign, that oh I remember Baker. It was always still kind of the Baker show, which you know again it's the event. It's the always the conversation for Baker is you know there's go away heat with her with some people. But there's also like, well, she's also the top draw. So obviously, one, people still like seeing her. And two, it's hard to not book her when she's the top draw in the women's division. I don't blame Tony Khan for doing all that. But hopefully the idea is maybe you built something out of Tony Storm. You bring in Paige. She has potential to be the biggest draw in the company now. Um, you have right now two titles and the Paige Britt Baker stuff three women's storylines happening on television. Um, you can't say that the work hasn't been put in to the AEW wins division. People obviously were interested in this match, the four way match and watched it. Um, and it did very well ratings wise. So there's mm-hmm. obviously effort being put in. It was, this was a great stage to showcase that and have that many viewers watching it. So uh, hopefully there's more hope on the horizon. I've seen people, right off the debut of Paige uh, completely saying, oh, it's just another Soho. It's just another Athena. It's just another, uh, you know, they wrote it off like uh, people were saying that Soho and Athena would change the division when they came in and then they just came back to where it was. How do I know Paige is going to be any different? One, Paige is not on the level of all those other women. (laughs) <laughs> she is higher than them. Yes, I agree. She's not a current four horsewoman, but she is certainly maybe five or six. She probably won't. She's probably five or She's six. She's not on the going list. to change the division completely. Not necessarily. I think one of them would. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at least she's a name. Yeah, but we've also talked about it. Is that? You know, Soho, her coming in wasn't like a division changer. We realized very quickly on, it's like, oh no, Soho is just someone that is, if she's in with a good wrestler, she'll have a good match. If she's with someone that doesn't really that good at wrestling, uh, she won't have a good match. So it's like, oh, she's not going to be your game-changing kind of type wrestler. Um, Athena. I think she's gotten a lot better. Tony Athena, Storm. I think Athena's a great wrestler. Yeah, I think Tony Storm has been phenomenal. Uh, she had a little bit of gunk at the very beginning, but once she got past that, Paige is in the Tony Storm range. I think, but and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think we'll. I mean, we'll definitely see moving forward if if she's in that range where she's settled in the ratings wise. But I think it's this. I think Paige is someone that is. A way, a way different level than a Soho, than an Athena. And I think writing off this as a debut as I'm not going to care about this is ultimately also writing off the women's division. And yeah. from some of the people that made those comments that care about, seemingly care about the women's division, I don't know how you don't see this as a win. 
So that's very frustrating. But, you know, ultimately, I, I, I think this is an un, insanely good move on uh, AEW's part. It'll anyway. depend if she can wrestle. <laughs> that's also true. That is also if true. It, if, it, if she can't, if she ends up not being able to wrestle, it's a idiotic move. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, main event was for Dynamite AEW World Title Grand Slam Tournament of Champions final match for the vacant, vacant AEW World Title. And it was, in fact, John Moxley who ended up defeating Brian Danielson here. You and I both wanted Danielson to get the win. Uh, he didn't get the win, but surely he did put out a good, really good match. Uh, between him and Moxley. So Moxley is your new AEW world champion for the third time. Scotty thought he was thought he was the best part of this match. Um, Danielson. I thought, I thought the early going was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of lost something kind of lost the crowd a little bit. Yeah. Then I started to heat it back up and then it ended. And I was like, Oh, all right. Uh, it was still a good match. Don't get me wrong, but it it definitely left me a little underwhelmed for what I expect out of these two, especially based on what these two have been doing mm-hmm. in their work, right against other people. So you kind of hoped for better, but they're so good that I think it hurts them too. Like if someone else put on this main event, you probably left like, oh yeah, that was great, but because it's these two you you're left underwhelmed um going with moxley it makes sense i mean they've they they've pretty much told us this was the way since the mjf stuff so is what it is i mean it would have been nice to change it up but hard to hard to bet against moxley uh completely agree i I, you know i i don't blame them they've been building it we all saw it you and I were really hoping it would be Danielson and that would be a lot of fun. <clears throat> but ultimately, Moxley makes sense. It's it's ultimately still the right call. I think it you know, maybe it's kinda like that Jericho Page first match where it's like we all kinda hope that it'd be Page, but Jericho's the right decision. I'm not gonna blame him for it. Uh did you enjoy the MJF uh constant uh <laughs> camera cutaways? Um if you cut it down by like a quarter of the times they did it, it would have been fine. Cause I did like getting his reaction to things and watching because I think people have to realize like he is now the focal point of this company. Yeah. Now that he's back and see a punk and the elite are gone for the time being on, on, you know, the elite, especially. So he's now the focal point, right? He is now the guy that they're, you know, putting all their chips in on and betting on him to lead them into the future. So I get why they did it. Could have stopped a little bit. Cause I thought, I thought the shots where you could see them wrestling and him in the background were better. Mm-hmm. Cause like you could see like his body language, but it's fine. I, I didn't get as mad about it as other people did. We didn't really miss anything. It just got a little annoying. Yeah. I, and I, I yeah, I was ultimately, it was, it was annoying. I think doing a little bit, if they did cut it down a little bit, it would made the match a little bit better. But and I, like you said, I like the idea of having him just sitting there in the background. I think that's a more interesting idea. Um, but, you know, otherwise, whatever. Who cares? Uh, the match itself, really good. Moxley's new champion. MJF is uh, going to challenge somewhere down the line. We don't know where. 
We don't know Full when. Gear. Still don't Full know gear. how he will challenge. <laughs> how full is gear. It? Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a full <laughs> gear. Uh, I think that's that's the idea. Um, it's also in New Jersey as well, so that's going to be interesting. Um, the guy's getting cheered all over the place, so uh, it's going to be yeah. Okay. He's he is the anti-hero now. He is what a little Moxley bit, right? was when Moxley came in. Yeah, right? A, a little of bit ways. of that anti Moxley wasn't a full baby face when he came in. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to be boo, but he was cheered. Um, you know, it's funny. They don't have... Like, Moxley's their top baby face now. Mm-hmm. But they don't have someone... And people are going to hate that I say this. But they don't have someone at the level that like Cody Rhodes was a baby face at the beginning. Oh yeah, sure. When AEW star on TV. I think that's interesting. Cause like, there's a lot of, they have a lot of work to do in certain areas. Cause Heyman page isn't even that, even though he should be that. Yeah. Um, but Hey, we're getting, we're getting Heyman Patriots, John Moxley signed me the hell up. First time ever. I think John Moxley is probably the closest to yeah. that level of cheering baby face. But sure. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if there's someone. I mean, that Ace Pro promo was like really phenomenal and really was like, oh yeah, this is it. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I see what you're saying, but we'll, well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, let's talk about Rampage now. Obviously, Rampage had a billion shows as, matches as well. No DQ match to they start off the more. show. They had more. They had what seven or eight? Jesus Christ. Uh, they had a no DQ tag team match. Darby Allen and Sting defeated Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Uh, they got to the point where Darby Allen, no, sorry, Sting, uh, Darby Allen was out. Sting uh, was handcuffed to a chair. Uh, Buddy Matthews was ready to uh, murder a man, uh, Pulp Fiction style. Uh, and then out of nowhere, the great Muda shows up. <sighs> La- magic lamp summoned the great I feel like it was Muda. a goddamn win for me <laughs> it was a ginormous win the moment i saw the spoilers got on the twitter feed i was like i win who do you think you are i am ah <laughs> uh, this was actually my favorite match of grand slam yeah of course it <laughs> not was even slightly kidding. <laughs> not because of the mood and stuff i thought the action was great i thought this was a great plunder match uh-huh Think out of his mind Darby Allen's actually out of his mind, but Stink both I, are. both are. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought the House of Black looked great. Yeah, but I mean the Julia bump, the Julia. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Pray for her, Jesus Christ! I thought she was gone. Thought we lost her. Uh, we lost. She lost her hat. Hat was great. So, you yeah. know that stuff. Um, but we got Muda. Yeah, Muda. We got Muda and Sting in a ring together. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And not and not for the last time. And not, and for, not the last for the time. last time. They're going to team together for the Great Muda's final match. Bye-bye. <laughs> Woo! Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my God. I almost entered my uh, L.A. night phase there. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, this was my favorite match of Grand Slam. I'm slightly kidding. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I thought the Muda pop was great when they realized who it was because obviously, like, the video when they originally showed you're like i don't know what's happening yeah and then they show great mood and it's like holy shit yeah yeah they uh I, yeah it's i'm sure so I, funny by the way i'm sure how, muda gave how you loved how loved muda is by american fans when he's in AEW. but if he didn't know it people are like what the fuck 
You're right. You are right. I guess because it's not Muto. <sighs> it's not. It's not. It's not Muto, and it's not top of the card holding the title. I guess. I I, I picked who I know who should beat John Moxley. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I'm sure Muda gave you an. Uh, just gave him the quarter bump star. Uh, quarter star bump. Uh, for showing the Muda appearance. But I yeah, should have got five. Should have gone five. Should have got five. But you know. But Muda wasn't formally in the match. If it was a six man, no. If Malachi was still here. We got a six man. Malachi in. was still here, and they put great. Oh God, seven stars. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Okada. Uh, he would have had a lot. He would have Malachi would have the fire boot. Try to kick Muda. <laughs> Muda would have no sold it. Would have been amazing. They did a fire boot. Devastated that Malachi Black locked. Like he's dead. He can't do anything with him anymore. Uh, yeah, this was a really good match. I really enjoyed this. This uh, I love brawl. Sting Plunder. Yeah, Sting. <laughs> Sting is at a point in his career which just like I'm excited to see him wrestle, and I know it's going to be really good. So he is the complete opposite of the Undertaker. Hey, that's true. Uh, that's true. I mean, they're what? How old is Sting? Sixty three. Sting's older than the Undertaker. <laughs> I was about to say, how old is the Undertaker? Uh, Fifty seven. Uh, I feel like the Undertaker's also gone had more surgeries than Sting, so I'm certain Undertaker had a lot more miles on him. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> part say. of it. Um, that WB house house show schedule. Um, yeah, uh, oh, but anyways, God. Muda, dude, Muda, Muda, and yeah, you know, like you said, formally get Muda and Sting teaming up for the Great Muda Bye Bye in January. So that's that pro wrestling love right there. Pro that's love pro wrestling right love. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. Uh, next up, Action Bronson gonna and fight Hook. Rick Flair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rick man. Flair and Tatsumi Fujinami. Oh no, uh, Ricky Steamboat. He's coming back. <laughs> oh yeah, let's just get nuts. Oh my god, it could just... be Fujinami. He also still wrestles, doesn't he? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's just bring oh. them all back. Uh, Don't action... bring back Ric Flair. Action Bronson and Hook. Uh, def- uh, action Bronson made his wrestling debut with Hook and defeated. Uh, Angela Parker and Matt Menard. Short little match here, but I thought Action Bronson. Hey, look, another celebrity that looked pretty good. Yeah, the celebrities are hidden on these matches. I mean, no one's Logan Paul, but you know, it, it, it's hard to be. You know, Logan Paul made Miz have a good match, and that is the biggest accomplishment you can do. Yeah, right. Pat McAfee did great things. He's done great things, but he didn't give the Miz one of the best matches of his career. So yes. again, tough. Um, yeah, action Bronson looked good. I mean, he was in there for short bursts, but yeah. I had fun. Good. It'd be short. cool if they like did something with Hook. Yeah, I mean, this was something with him, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was not a full winning weekend for the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think. I mean, do you think Hook? They're saving Hook because they still see him as a little green, or do you think they're just not doing anything with him? Just probably because? that one. The former, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that might be part of it. I, I, and I don't blame him. I mean, it's kind of the Jade Cargill championship syndrome a little bit, right? Where it's, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna talk about those yeah. problems. Those are those are much deeper than Hook. Hook just doesn't. Hook's not on TV at all. That's his problem. He's just never there. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next match. There was only five minutes, so I'm not going to spend any more time on that. Samoa Joe and Wardlow defeat Josh Woods and Tony Nese, and it was essentially a squash match here. Uh, and I will say the only real point I had on this match is give me a Samoa Joe and Wardlow tag team 
Tower of Terror, Tower of Pain, Tag Team, Skyscrapers. I don't care. Just give me something. Give These me, guys. Give me more War Joe. That's what you're saying. I want. I want War. I want War Joe. You you want to be sitting there in Atlanta the next time AEW comes to, and you want to be War Joe, War Joe, and then Goldberg shows up and spears and balls. Anyways, because uh, he's from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. Thank you. You're right. You are right. You're right, sir. I'm, I'm con- I connect all these dots. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was exactly what it should have been. Yeah. So Samoa Joe, by the way, gonna keep saying this because you know he's back back now. Mm-hmm. He looks good. He looks good. He looks uh, solid in there. I mean, he's not having like real matches yet, so it's like, what, what am I supposed to take from it? Yeah. But um, I liked him and uh, Wardlow together. Speaking of another guy that needs to get going, it feels like he's getting going again. So that's yeah, cool. I, and th- another reason why I say the tag team is that I think that would also be a good spot for both of them. Wardlow can yeah. can can get sort of that Samoa Joe rubs rub Samoa Joe can hide him you know he's he's not as good as he once was obviously but so you can hide him a little bit uh I think it's War Joe's the goal oh my god I just thought of an amazing idea I need Chris Jericho to make the Ring of Honor world title or spinner belt <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god that would be insane. <laughs> if, he, if he has taste and understands where he is in life, he would do it. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that'd be insane. Anyways, uh, Jungle Boy uh, defeats Ray Phoenix in a surprise one-on-one match here. Uh, match was great. Uh, and Jungle Boy earned, as commentary said, another signature win. How many signature wins is this guy getting? I knew the moment I heard it that you were going to be pissed. I knew you were going to be like, what the? What are you talking about? What do you mean signature win? I'll tell you what a signature win is. Nothing he has. Um, I'm not saying Ray it's Phoenix. not a signature win. I'm just saying he's had a lot. Gonna, what are we doing with him? What are we doing with the guy? Um, uh, Ray Phoenix is wrestling Vikingo at AAA Triple Mania, so that's actually more, the most important thing about Ray Phoenix from this like past week. Two to three weeks from now, I think. Yeah. Um, but good for Jungle Boy. It was a good match. Um, Jungle Boy is good at wrestling. Yeah. He's good at like the wrestling part of this, which is nice. Oh, he's Jungle Boy Jack Perry again, too. That was nice. They brought that back. <laughs> they realized they were wrong there. Yeah. Um, they have no idea what they're doing with this poor guy. I, I feel bad. <laughs> like, I feel bad for Jungle Boy. Because, like, I think the when we rag on him, or not even rag on him, but critique his handling it's not his fault <laughs> like none of no. it's his fault. <laughs> it, it, and i'll tell you whose fault it is guys like chris jericho guys i mean kind of tony khan himself i i will never blame chris jericho i know but guys that at the very beginning of aew yeah in all of those luchasaur jurassic express tag team matches kept saying sucks. jungle boy is a future star jungle boy is the next breakout star yada 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 yeah, they put too much pressure. Yeah, they put they gave him everything, all this praise, and we're seeing that. Yeah, he's a great wrestler. We always kind of knew that. Yeah, and he's gotten better. He's always been good at the in ring stuff. But 
he can the reason the jungle boy character was silent is because he couldn't cut promos and now we're trying to have him cut promos two years after really starting to cut promos yeah really a year after starting to cut promos like he's not like the problem is is that they the real problem is is that they said that he's a future star i think way too early yeah if they said it now they said it like the moment he walked in yes if they said it now it would have worked but they mm. gave him and everyone believed him then they called him a pillar and all this other stuff Ugh. and now it's like by time he becomes a star yeah. it's gonna be three five years from now at this at this rate right you know it's my favorite fact remains that the only pillar not to win a title is mjf that's true that's but, true but, but he's he's brightest. on his he's on his way to get the world title yeah. yeah who has the brightest future it's mjf yeah i think i think the pillar stuff has really hurt everyone except for mjf truthfully yeah i think i think it's obviously hurt start sammy guevara um i don't even know why he was put in that conversation to begin with uh, i think he's He's almost reached a point of like no return. Hasn't done it yet, but he's getting there. Mm-hmm. Where I just like watch him, and I think his stuff with Eddie on the show is actually good, like yeah. the way they did it. Yeah, but he has been hurt by that. I think Darby, to an extent, is actually hurt by it because he kind of just he has the same problem in some ways as Jungle Boy. Of he's not a very good promo or anything. Mm-hmm. He's better, I guess. I think he's I th- very, for me. He's he has better. a better gimmick for promos. Too. Sure, that's definitely true. Short one line type stuff. He doesn't need um, to have great babyface Cody Rhodes style promos. Right, exactly. Not many people should have those to begin with. But plus, pl- but also plus, he's with Sting, so it's also yeah. in, a, in a weird way that's great. But at the same time, for Sting to wrestle, Darby yeah. has to almost be with him. So it's Darby always feels like second fiddle. Yeah. Despite all of the feuds that yeah. they do being about Darby, he still feels like second fiddle. He does have great outings with like Brody King and one on one matches. Oh, he has and... great matches. Yeah. He has probably the most great matches out of the four. Yes. But he does feel like, like every feud he did, it's like, okay, he needs Sting to help save his ass. Yeah. Uh, he needs Sting to win the feud for him. In a weird way. And I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing because it is Sting. It's also cooled off. That's true. I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing because it is Sting. But in a weird way, Sting. he's like, ironically, slightly handy, handicuffed. Handicuffed? That's not the word. Handcuffed. Handcuffed. Thank you. Handcuffed to uh, Sting uh, yeah. in a weird way. Uh, that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing, but I don't necessarily think it's a good thing at this point anymore. No. No. That being said, I'd rather Sting be around with Darby than not around at all. So. I and that's the other so, thing. Is that sorry, I Darby. I agree. Um, You're kind of stuck with Sting for because I want to see Sting. Yeah. <laughs> so. But back to Jungle Boy. Um, I agree. If he was called the future star now for the first time, it'd be big for him because I think you're seeing that. Yeah. But like he's at a point now where you look at MJF, right? And you're like, okay, so he should be he should be there too, right? Mm-hmm. And MJF's always been presented bigger than all of them yeah. but yeah it's tough he it's tough. jungle boy's been the tag team wrestler of the four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's hard to say you'll be a future star while you're a tag team for two years like it's it's not a good spot for the guy 
Anyways. No. Hopefully he could turn it around. I mean, if he has great matches, it's one way to turn it around naturally. I agree. Well, let's great hope. matches speak loud. That's let's hope. So, singles match, Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston, well, Sammy Guevara started the match saying, hey, I apologize. You know, Adam Page style, he apologized in the ring. Uh, and then he uh, and then he uh, said, I should have called you fat sooner. Uh, then the two beat each other up. Well, rather, Eddie Kingston beat the crap out of Sammy Guevara pretty much the entire match. Sammy got a little bit in here, but Eddie Kingston pretty much beat him up the entire match. Uh, hit him with three back fists, put him in the stretch plum. Uh, won the match. However, Eddie Kingston refuses to let go. Uh, and so in a very 90s style, 80s style of wrestling, old school style of wrestling, head official came out, said, you know, you're refusing to let go. The people are trying to pull him off. You're refusing to let go. You're not going to do that. But we're going to reverse the decision. So Sam McVarra wins by referee decision uh, and formally defeats Eddie Kingston uh, in this endeavor. Thoughts on this match? My main thought is that I thought they did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, someone made a good point on Twitter. I wish I remember who it was that it continues the story of Eddie Kingston still not being able to win the big one mm-hmm. because of his anger and aggression and his emotion as a whole and his emotion, right? Like it's such an easy thing to tell. And I know some people have been like, we've been going through like some weird things on Twitter. If anyone pays attention, like with FTR and FTR, you know, with the Cornet stuff, I think that's the main reason people don't like them now, um, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but I've seen people start, start not liking Eddie Kingston. And I don't get that. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going yeah, to say, people, gonna say people... Sammy, but <laughs> Eddie, what? No, 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 no one likes Sammy. Uh, but like, I see like, it's starting to creep in a little bit. Like people are sick of like, who Eddie Kingston is and like how he handles his business. And I'm like, all right. Um, I think Eddie, now that he's back from the suspension, it seems like this is the match that really got him back in the story. I'm excited to see where it goes because I thought they, again, executed this perfectly. You know, Sammy gets up after the match. He's like, where am I? What happened? What happened? (laughs) He got his ass beat. Yeah. And then he got stretched into oblivion. So yeah, yeah, I uh, I like where they're going. I, I just hope Eddie gets something out of this because he's still, you know, he might be the closest thing you have to that super over baby face. Like anytime he shows up, it's still it's pop, pop city. Yeah, no, uh, I thought this match was really well done, and I really liked it. And you know, I also saw something on Reddit. I, I saw something on Reddit uh, that talked about how. Uh, what was really good about this match um, was that it's what Punk and the Elite all said that they wanted to be, but never were, <laughs> and that these guys had a backstage altercation about calling him fat. All that other stuff happened, uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, um, they did it on TV, and then they got they figured out backstage lived the suspensions admitted to it then figured out on tv and figured out how to make money off of it um that whole idea is phenomenal and i thought it was very good um and it's just this idea of you know that's how wrestling should be done and handled um and yeah no big eddie kingston big eddie kingston guy personally yeah i'm a big fan of eddie kingston i don't agree with any of those takes if those are out there about 
oh, Eddie Kingston's overrated or whatever the takes were, but he's good. He's telling a story here. You know, Sammy is dead. He can go off and do his own thing. Eddie can now do this thing where he's feuding with backstage officials. If this leads to Eddie Kingston versus Jerry Lynn, I'm here. Anyways, uh, AEW TBS title match, Jade Cargill defeats Diamante. Uh, Diamante, Trina turns on Diamante and Trina celebrates of Jade Cargill. I I have nothing to say about this match. What's that? I'm done. I'm done with the Jade Cargill squash title matches. I'm done. She's boring. It's all boring. It's (laughs) all so boring to me. It has been the same thing for months. It's boring. Move on. Do something. Heat someone up. I understand Chris Statlander got hurt. That ruined your pro- that lo- ruined your plans. But guess what? Jay Cargill wasn't lighting the world on fire before that. I'm done. We can move on. Uh, that's fair. I agree. Uh, AEW World Title Number One Contendership Grand Slam Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Adam Page wins. AEW does Battle Royals so bad, by the way. Like Their Battle Royals are really bad. But... But him and Roosh were pretty cool at the end, right? Right? Yeah. Ryan's been proved wrong. Roosh has just come in and well, been this been this on. raging bull and been just great. And to be fair to Ryan, it's hard to trust Roosh. So But he know. was he was bad in Ring of Honor. I'll say here in AEW, he's been knocking it out of the park. Yeah, he's been a home run. He's, he's been it's a home run, home run city over here. Um, I miss Andrade. He feels like he's always hurt or something. Because yeah. um, I think those two could gain a lot of steam right now with all the stuff that went on. I feel like those two are two guys you should count on mm-hmm. in the heel department. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him final two as well. Felt um, felt an important spot for him, even if he lost. And the way he lost is great, you know, with the uh, the move that I can never think of the name of. The, uh, the w- dropped him on his head. I don't know. I agree um, with you. The last but call? Hangman. Last? Hangman, big win for Hangman. Are you kidding me? Hangman Page versus Gian Moxley, Tuesday Night Dynamite. Mm-hmm. In October. Whatever that is. Whatever that yeah, is. That's, uh, uh, first time ever. First time ever match. First time they've ever. Uh, the only other time they've ever been in the ring together was the tag team match years ago. And then the Casino Battle Royal oh. where Adam Page won. So... Well, the Battle Royal ladder match, I guess. But uh yeah, no, it's uh we're officially getting a one on one match. Talk about the 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 Tanahashi versus Naito story about uh these guys haven't wrestled in a while. Um yeah, no. It, it, I, I saw also something earlier this week, by the way, that was like uh I saw a tweet of someone saying that AEW has done like every match they could possibly do. And it was such like a bad take, bad faith thing that was like oh, no, i don't watch tony AEW khan doesn't do like half of the matches he refuses yeah to do it's like famously them. tony khan it takes forever to do matches in fact yeah. here's a match three years into the company that has never happened versus two top guys so it just yeah. really is like bad faith arguments out there people being like oh I mean, he's done do all the remember matches kenny omega's title reign yeah he refused to do like any match he, yeah all these big matches like i'll save them for later with oh. his world champion yeah I don't know what we're talking about here. Uh, but yeah, Adam Page wins, so we're going to see eventually a title match. They just go back to matches a lot. That's true. And I, 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 you know, it works, I guess. Which could be hit or miss, but it usually is hit, so it's okay. Uh, 
And the main event here for Rampage Grand Slam Week was Lights Out Match, Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I thought this was a very good Lights Out Match. Ricky Starks ends up getting the victory. Uh, and I, Yeah, good on him. I think this is the star-making performance, I guess, for Ricky. Those are all my thoughts. Perfect. I don't... You know, it, you know that's, that's... Ricky Starks can be a great baby face. I agree. I am excited to see where Ricky and Hobbs both go from here. Um, so that's it for Grand Slam Week. Let's move on to our next topic. Let's just quickly, very quickly, touch on Royal Quest this Saturday, Sunday. Doesn't exist. Doesn't really exist. The show is happening, um, obviously. Um, <laughs> the show is not going to be live. As we You, you want to talk about it because you know potentially more about it than I do? About Royal Quest? About how the show is going to be airing, kind of? Um, well, I don't know how it's going to be airing. I just know New Japan tweeted out, go buy tickets to Royal Quest so you could see it before anyone else because it's not airing live on New Japan World. And I said, what? Yeah. Why is it not airing live on New Japan World? Uh, no one had the answer. No one knows when it's going to get uploaded. No one knows when we'll see it. Um, I vaguely remember sucks. that happening last time for royal quest 2 still doesn't make sense um however however i have come to the agreement with some if if we do avoid a fight tv like special in terms of production Mm -hmm. then it's worth it if we get good production when they upload it that's fine by me if it's a good shot show and it feels like a New Japan show rather than a Fight TV New Japan Strong show. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I obviously like to watch it live because it's two big shows, but we don't even have cards, so I guess it's not that big. Yeah. we. So the final night of the Burning Spirit Tour happened this morning. Uh, they teased some matches, of course, uh, but nothing There's has no been... Naito and Sa- Zack Sabre Jr. will be happening. Yeah, they they haven't formally announced anything more. Presumably the cards will probably, I'm guessing by the time you're hearing this, will, it'll probably come out either this afternoon or tomorrow, Monday, you know. Um, uh, Scotty left for some reason. Um, so I presume that's going to be the case. Uh, we do have two matches formally announced. Uh, we do kind of have hints about matches that are going to be happening. So I'm going to talk about those real quick. Uh, some of the matches that we have announced real quickly, I'm just going to go through them and then we'll talk about them all at the same time. Uh, it's going to be FTR versus Aussie open. That should be fantastic. Evil white versus alpha female, the former jazzy Gabbard, uh, going to be the first round match in the IWGP world, IWGP world, IWGP women's title tournament. Um, and the winner of that will obviously face Kyrie, we talked about earlier. Uh, and then they teased on the Burning Spirit tour that it probably is going to be Zack Saber Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito on night one of Royal Quest 2. That's confusing. Uh, with then the winner going up against Osprey, Will Osprey, for the IWGP US title on Royal Quest 2, night two. So that's nothing says. United Kingdom Royal Quest, like the IWGP United States <laughs> Championship being defended in the middle of it. The other stuff that were teased was Jay White versus Tamatonga, but that's going to be at a future show. They also teased Carl Anderson versus Hikaleo for the never open weight title. Um, so that is also down the line. So 
Thoughts on what what has been announced. Thoughts on what is potentially going to happen at Royal Quest 2, Scotty. The three matches of Aussie Open FTR, mm-hmm. Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., mm-hmm. and I'm guessing Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. Probably. Um, well, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good? <laughs> Pretty good. Gonna be a little annoyed. I have to wait for it, but you know, it's yeah. Fine. We don't. Yeah, like you said, we don't know when it's gonna come out. Thoughts on Ava White? Dreams Osprey versus actually. What about Ava White versus uh, the leader of the uh, No Stardom faction or whatever it's called? Uh, alpha female. I don't want to talk. All right, there we go. I, I don't want to talk. I will say we, it's pretty obvious who's gonna win that one, though. <laughs> it's pretty uh, obvious. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's jazzy. Yeah. So, anyways, never heard of Ava White again after that one announcement. <laughs> I've never heard of her before. Never will hear of her again. Stardom. Let's talk about Stardom. Five star Grand one second. P. I got to take care of my dog. All right. Well, I'll, I'll brave ahead and talk about the beginnings of what we're going to talk about. The last couple of minutes we have for the show. Stardom. Five star Grand Prix final is taking place this Saturday. Uh, the Stardom and Showcase Volume Two show happened this morning. Uh, with a couple of the block matches, a couple last second block matches uh, happening there. But it is officially the Five Star Grand Prix Finals is going to be happening this Saturday. Uh, we have updated standings via uh, Scott. It says Scott Edwards from Fightful. I don't know who that is. I know Scott E. I don't know Scott He's Edwards. a bitch. <laughs> um, but we officially have formal blocks heading into the final. Uh, so, uh, Scotty, do you want to talk about them? or just, I guess I'll give my the Red Star blocks, give potential winners, maybe. Uh, we can sort of talk about it. So, uh, Red Star's block. Uh, all tied at 14 points. Uh, we have Micah, Azume, Shuri, Tam Nakano, Himeka, Utami Hayashishida with Risa Sarah with 13 points, Kagama at 12 points on the outside. And those are everyone that could probably win this whole thing, out. this whole block. So thoughts on the Red Stars block? Um, I, I'll just say this as the basis of the entire final night and the way they've set it up. Mm-hmm. They... They kind of perfected it in a lot of ways. Like you can't set up for a final night in a tournament better than they did here. Mm-hmm. Right. You have, you have so many people in contention. You have your biggest match on the show, having the most stakes now, just feeling like as it should in the blue stars block, but we'll talk about the red stars block here. Mm-hmm. I still think it's Tan Nakano's to take. Mm-hmm. She did drop two. Um, I believe. Everyone is at, yeah, so everyone's at seven and four. That's at 14, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but they've created so much buzz and excitement around that. Like, yeah, obviously people are going to get eliminated if certain people win. Like, if Micah wins, I think she eliminates, like, Azumi, Utami, and Shuri. If Tam, if Tommy wins, like Tam's eliminated. Mm-hmm. If Shuri wins, Tam's like. There's a lot of different if, directions. If Azume wins, if Azume wins, Tam's eliminated. Because according to Is this, true? Azume defeated Tam. Uh, That's as well. right. Interesting. She's racing Saki Kashima, so she can lose. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that, that, yeah, could, I mean, that could easily be like a two-minute uh, roll-up Saki Kashima right. pin. So they've created a perfect like scenario where every match will matter on the Red Stars block side. Um, I mean, uh, it's better if I just give people the final night matches. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, so Azumi versus Saki Kashima, there are stakes there. Mm-hmm. Um, if Azumi wins, she basically wins the block. <laughs> Bazume wins, yeah, she because she beat all the top people except for like Shuri. Uh, she lost to and Micah no, and Micah. Yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, so I'm guessing she'll lose. Of course, mm-hmm. you have Unagi Sayaka and Momokogo, which doesn't matter. Nope. So. It's battle from well, it's a oh my god, it, it's a battle for last place. <laughs> well, currently Unagi is sitting in last place. She has less <laughs> points than Momokogo. So that's tough. What the fuck? Um, well, I, remember I joke. Remember I texted you and I jokingly said, uh, "Here's to Momo suddenly beating Unagi." I just thought Momo was going to come in both tied at two and two. Now it's it Unagi. Got worse. Oh, yeah. what the, what the hell is happening? Uh, but these are the four matches you really want to highlight here. Assuming Saki Kashima wins, which I'm guessing she does. Mm-hmm. She's beaten all the top. I think she's beaten everyone with 14 points. Saki Kashima. Uh, yeah, she's beaten Shuri Utami. Not she has not beaten Himeka. She's not beat Himeka. Okay, so there's different ways to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tam Nakano versus Saki. Yep. Um, I think that's definitely a Tam Nakano win. And mm-hmm. then the rest of the way, you have Micah versus Himeka for the first time ever. Whew. So big deal either way. I I still feel like that might be the draw of the night. But we'll see. There could be multiple. And that's yeah, also but... that's also a huge match because, like you said, Micah. If she wins, she eliminates the entire block. But Omega also at fourteen points. If yeah, she wins, she like jumps Micah up to wins, she Yeah. So it's um, it's really coming I'm down thinking, to a lot of things. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, you have Tommy versus Koguma, which Koguma has won with roll ups a lot this this whole time. Mm-hmm. Would it be shocking if she did it again? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Shuri versus Risa Sarah, rematch from their world title match. Which, if Risa Back. Sarah wins, she gets 15 points, and now you know everyone else says someone's going to win again. Yeah, right. So, I guess, I guess, actually, no matter what, Risa Sarah's out, right? Because no matter what, Micah or Hameka, unless they draw, did she, who did she? Did she? Um, yeah, if they draw, it's a different conversation. If if it's a draw, it's a different conversation. But if they win, then Risa Sarah's done so the only way for risa sarah to stay in is to win and for micah and Hameka to draw and then i I don't know if she has even wins against them let's see i'm checking right now she actually lost to Hameka, so she's screwed and she beat micah yeah so she's probably she's out yeah she's out she will be playing spoiler on the final night uh that's the fun of the the math here but she does have enough points where it'll be interesting i think she beat shuri or at the very least, draws. Um, so that's that's that block. It's a, a it's lot a lot of options. It's a domino effect. <laughs> the red stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing I'm guessing we might be in watch mode for Tam the whole night. Mm-hmm. She'll probably win early on, and then we'll be like, all right, let's watch and see what happens here. Um, I've I've picked Tam at the beginning. My backup was Micah, so I'm feeling pretty good about my predictions. Yeah, feeling pretty good about my predictions. Um, and I'm happy with either one. Yeah, no, uh, I completely agree. And then on the Blue Stars block side, it's a little more clear, but also it's it's also very direct. Mm-hmm. 
right? So believe it or not, Julia goes into the final night with the most points. Correct. Not, like it's very, it's nice to see that. Like I don't need the person to be tied or behind <laughs> all the time. Yeah. She's going um, in with 15 which, points. We should say. Yeah. She's going in with 15. Um, and then I believe one second. I have uh, with 14 points, Hazuki, Starlight Kid, and Suzu Suzuki, which yes. Julia will be facing so, Suzu Suzuki in the final night. Right. So that's that's pretty much your decider. Yeah. That <laughs> is what will decide the tournament. It's not – if Hazuki wins, which she can, obviously. Mm-hmm. She has to beat Momo, which possible. hasn't been easy. It's possible. But – it's so. very possible because I thought I thought for the longest time she was gonna have to lose that match mm-hmm. to to qualify or not. But it's not that case anymore. Julia and Hazuki can win, which is not something I expected to come into this. So Starlight Kid's actually out. Yeah. Starlight Kid is eliminated after losing to Suzu Suzuki at Stardom and Showcase because she lost to both julia and suzu and there's no scenario where and, those and his Hiz- and hazuki as well if you want and hazuki yes yeah. so she lost to all of them she however can take out mayu still mayu's actually like the underdog here but she still i believe is in it statistically because her and julia went to a draw mm. and she beat hazuki Yes, Mayu is at 13 points, sitting there with Sayaka Utani. Sorry, let me rephrase. Mayu Utani beat all the top, or drew the top three, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And she fights Starlight Kid on the final night. So she's still in it. Everyone else is out. Yeah, if she gets it, she gets 15 points. She would tie with Julia, assuming Julia loses. But if Julia loses, right. Suzu would have 16, actually. So Susie right. would have Susie. Oh, then Maya's out. Maya's out. Never yeah. mind. There we go. Maya's out. Yeah, I was, I was like, sorry, it's the... doing the math. I'm looking. I'm also like doing the math. Math right breaks now. my brain. Sorry, guys. So um, Maya's actually out. So really, it comes down to so it's for Suzu versus Julia or Hazuki winning. It would be for for Hazuki to win. Hazuki would obviously need to win her match. Uh, it needs Julia to, to lose, I believe. Draw or lose. Draw or lose. Because she did beat Julia. She beat Julia. She beat Suzuki. All it comes yeah. down to if, if Suzuki wins, she gets 16. Uh, Hazuki would also have 16. Hazuki would have the, the thing over her, so Hazuki would win. Julia just yeah. cannot win. She can draw, but she really just cannot win, and that's the only yeah. way for Hazuki to win. If she point. draws and Hazuki wins, Suzuki's in the final. Yeah. If... It's- if Suzu Suzuki wins, she's in the final. Yeah. Well, no, not if Suzuki wins. Not if Suzuki wins, yeah. So that's a fun little game to play. We'll have to see. Do we have the we order? Have Do we have the order of the matches yet? Um, no, but I will read it off in the order that the the website shows, and they pretty much won in this order last year. Okay. They might shake it up a little bit, but usually Blue Stars block goes second. Okay. So they will go right before the final. Uh, so Mirai versus Saida doesn't matter, but Mirai will get to 15 points probably, which is a big deal. Her first tournament, she got, she's gonna finish tied for second probably or third in points. Yeah, that's still big. Natsupoi versus Mina Shirakawa, Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe. That big match, big one to watch. That uh, we, that I I would expect 
I think Momo could win, but I could also see a reality where Hazuki wins that match, and then it really comes down to Julia has to win, or yeah. she or has she's... to beat Suzu, which yes. again still big um, stakes there. Stakes yes. that those that match I think really does benefit from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Sayakamitani versus Ami Saray, Mayu Tani versus Starlight Kid, and Julia versus Suzuki. Yeah, Julia versus Suzuki will probably close out the Blue Stars block if I had to guess, and yeah. then they will go into the final. Unless, unless Julia is going to the final, which I expect her to, mm-hmm. they might want to give her a breather. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, I I think if if I if you know if I if I was Rossi, if I was wearing the hat, uh, I could see Hazuku Hazuki early in the match early in the night winning and then really just comes down julia has to win in the main event quote-unquote of the blue stars block against suzu suzuki rival you know this rival of this year a lot of big stakes that's a big time match i could totally see that also delivering as a match itself so i think yeah. that's the way that's the way it's probably gonna go and i could see and then i could see julia winning right i mean it's julia suzu is not formally signed with the company so, you know, Julia seems like the right pick to for this blue stars block. Yeah. And then what's yeah, that what's uh, that A stars ace red star side? Yeah, I mean it should be Julia versus Tam. It's always to me, it's always supposed to be Julia versus Tam. Yeah. Um it's the story that makes the most sense. The last time the last time Julia had a major win. Mm-hmm. was before she lost the title to Tam Nakano. So, and that's when her downward spiral began. It just writes itself, people. Mm-hmm. It writes itself. I still think, I wouldn't be shocked, by the way, if Hazuki loses. She doesn't beat Momo much. So, True. I could see them do that and just put it all on that last match. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know what? Suzu, yeah. Julia, winner goes. Yeah. Um, which, again, big spot for Suzuki, obviously. But, like the funny thing is, Suzu Suzuki can qualify for this show for the t- finals and finish in like fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then it comes down to we're guessing probably Tam Nakano versus Julia, uh, unless it's maybe like Micah or something else. But uh, assuming it's Tam versus Julia, who do you think is winning the whole thing? Do you still pick? It's, it's still picking Julia. Yeah. It has to be Julia. This whole term has screamed. It has to be Julia. Because then, and then that would mean we would eventually get Julia versus Shuri in uh, December. Stardom Dream Queendom. Yeah, we're on our way. We are on our way. We are finally here. Uh, we are not talking about the Neo Star tomorrow League, so we can end the show. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I yeah, I think that's a good t- title match too. Julia versus Shuri. Obviously, you know, there's history there i know that's kind of kind of weird and i yeah i guess that's the question do you crown julia at that point is the end of shuri's reign at dream queendom one year after it started i think if i recall it's it's time Mm -hmm. yeah it's it i think it's been time but it's definitely time now i think she she has been ready for this spot for a long while. Mm-hmm. And I think we've reached the point where now it's like, 
the rest of stardom can continue on once she wins. It's weirdly have like that that I hope not really that Momo energy from a couple years ago, right? That I heard about, where it's sort of like, uh, yeah. okay, shit, or get off the pot now, Julia. Yeah. We got to do something with her. Yeah, I mean, not not everyone feels that way because no mm. people feel like that with Julia because they think she's had enough opportunities. But but I I, mean, I, I think I, it's time. Yeah, I think she's one of the best wrestlers in that company. Personally, I love her so much. It's every every time. match I've seen, she's fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, that should be exciting. That's again this Saturday on Stardom. Uh, that should be very very good. A lot of stakes. I think we did a good job of laying out the stakes for medium rare medium rare we laid out medium rare stakes for stardom five-star grand prix final uh that is it for this week's episode of ring post radio we want to thank every single person that has been listening uh every single viewer that's been watching on youtube twitch facebook twitter live i don't care where you're watching from we just appreciate you uh, you can follow the show at cannot pod that's where we get all of our other shows your dose of death independent waters uh, Okada Shorts finally has a new episode coming out today as well. Um, so go check it. If you want to listen to New Japan talk, Okada Shorts is the sh- place to be. Uh, the podcast. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Edzi. Follow Scotty at Scott E. Wrestling, the letter E. Scotty, anything to plug or anything? What was your match of the week? Uh, my match of the week. Between, I said it was Kanosuke and Higuchi. Yeah, yeah. But he teased that. He teased that idea. Shuri versus Tam was really good. And Kento Miyahara versus Naoa, Naoa, Naoa Namora was also great. My bad. I lost my voice. <laughs> but I'll do Higuchi to catch it. Uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. I think it really... It really shines a light on how I think the U.S. tour made Takeshi a better overall wrestler, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic. Higuchi's fantastic. And he's coming back. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, not everyone missed him. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I I'm glad he's coming back. What will he do when he comes back? I think that's the ultimate question. Will he get that big win finally? Uh, remains to be seen, but we'll find out for sure. Um, I will go off the page here, off Ooh. the year here. Oh, bringing it all back. Ah, oh, sorry. To 1988. Jesus Christ. Uh, I was listening to uh, Voice of Wrestling did a deep dive on the Midnight Express versus Midnight Express feud, infamous feud, and it caused me to watch a lot of old wrestling. Uh, uh, I didn't watch all of this show, but what I saw of this show, this match I really enjoyed. It was from Starcade 1988, True Grit, uh, the NWA US tag team match, the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers versus Kevin Sullivan, the game master, the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, and Dr. Death Steve Williams in the NWA US tag team title match. I thought the match was really, really, really good. Uh, go all the way back to 1988. It's on Peacock. You can usually check it out. 
I thought that match was very, very good. And obviously, that's, it's on Peacock. That Starcade has a lot of other matches that are very good as well. But that one I watched, and I was like, oh man, this match looks pretty good. I like the Fantastic from during doing this deep dive. I watched that, and I was like, holy crap, this match is great. Uh, so go check out that match from 1988. That is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Oh, I also do want to plug, like I said, I was a guest on uh, Red, Lef- Red Leaf Retrocast, uh, uh, the show episode. We talked about the PWI 500, talked about the top 20, and redid our own top 20. Uh, the show is out on uh, Bowling JD's uh, Patreon, but I know it's coming on the fee feed, I think, this week. Uh, so you'll be able to hear me on there, I believe, at some point this week. I'll tweet out a link as well. And after the show, Scotty, I'll mention, I'll tell you what our PWI top 20 redux is. Uh, there's right, I'm, one. I'm currently, I'm currently promoting, so let me mute myself. I just realized my keyboard's wicked loud. <laughs> wicked loud. There's that Boston in you. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'll talk to you about it because I, I know for a fact there will be something in here you're either ecstatic about or angry about. So I cannot wait to tell you about it. So thank you, everybody. Go check that out. Go subscribe to this show. We'll see you all next week. Uh, we have a bunch of possible topics for next week, but we're already out of time, so I'm not going to talk about them. Anyways, bye, everybody. This has been a Countout Podcast.